There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Friday, June 3rd. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Learn how Steamfitters can benefit your business at steamfitters-602.org. Today, we're talking about how our region is returning to work and the effect it's having on our economy. Federal workers in our area are weighing in on how they want to work coming out of the pandemic, leaning toward working from home. We talked to Federal News Network's Drew Friedman about what a survey of more than 3,000 feds says about what government agencies might ask of their employees. One of the biggest concerns about returning to work was the commute. And with fewer and fewer workers at the office, small businesses downtown are struggling to recover from the drop in customers. We speak with a local Greek deli owner about how his popular lunch spot is now working to survive. Catastrophe. It's like a day and night. It's like a day and night. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. To return or not to return to the office? This is a question that workers and managers face across the country and in our area. The pros and cons are stark. Working from home offers work-life balance, increased flexibility and productivity. But studies also show that going into the office can be better for creativity, communication and teamwork. This debate is likely to go on for a very long while. But in our region, all eyes are on how the federal agencies are going to decide whether to lean toward virtual, hybrid or in-person work. We have Federal News Network's Drew Friedman here to tell us about how the government's decision on this will shape how other industries navigate out of the pandemic. So, Drew, to start, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. FNN uh, took a survey of federal workers to get a sense of, you know, how they feel on this issue. So let's talk about the number of respondents you have that we're working with to talk about this and what that number really tells you. We had a huge number of respondents for this survey. It's actually the most we've ever seen for a federal news network survey ever. We had over 3000 people take the survey And what that tells me is that people are really passionate about this topic. It's Mm. something that affects them every day. You know, they're the ones that are sitting down, whether that's at home or in an office setting. And they're the ones who feel the impacts of that day in, day out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what's the current situation right now? Where are we starting from when this survey was taken? Are federal workers, you know, at home? Are they mostly in the office? How are they dealing with this kind of work situation? So over the past few months, a You know, several agencies have been kind of moving towards some in-person work. So what we saw in the Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey, which is a government-wide survey that's distributed every year, we have about 36 percent of people who work for the federal government who are teleworking in 2021. Mm. That's compared with in 2020, 47 percent. So that shows some people are moving back to some in-person work. Um, And that's a trend that is growing as agencies try to move people back maybe one day a week or two times per pay period. That seems to be kind of the standard. I'm surprised that they never made it over 50 percent. I always assumed that it was like the majority of people were working from home. But I mean, I guess for a lot of government jobs, you can't. Right. There are a lot that where people have to be in the office just to have because they have public facing jobs where they're dealing directly with customers and a lot of agencies that have those sorts of responsibilities 
who may have had some telework are pushing to come back in person just because it's, you know, they argue that it's better to or it's easier to serve the the public that way. Yeah. Face to face. And so what are the big takeaways here? I mean, you had over 3000 respondents. How do they feel about, you know, where they work? We did have a quite a variety of respondents um, or of responses. But one of the things that really stood out to me was we had about two thirds of respondents saying they're concerned about agencies return to office plans. So mm. that means there's a lot of people who feel like at home they are, as you said, more productive. They feel like they have better work life balance. A lot of them, one of the biggest concerns about returning to work was the commute. So huh. just taking time out of your day. It can yeah. be, you know, DC is one of the places with the longest commutes in the country and it can take a lot of time out of your day. So people were concerned about that as well. Totally. I feel like there's that almost in every industry. It's like, okay, how is it going to be different? Why do I need to come back? Yeah. Right. It's working that I'm home and we'd never done this before. So what's my reason now to come back just to come back? I mean, I think it, is that sort of the sentiment? That is absolutely a common thread that I saw. And a lot of people were saying that, you know, Working from home, they are actually feeling more productive than they would be in an office setting. They say there's less distractions. There's, you know, just it's a little bit of a calmer setting where they can sit down, get right to work, Mm -hmm. contribute to their agency's mission. And that's kind of a central argument for a lot of the people who uh, say they want to continue telework. That's not taking into account everyone. There are people who would prefer to go back to the office, but the majority of people say they they really prefer telework. Is there a deadline or something that the federal government has for certain agencies to make a decision on what they want to do as far as everybody coming back or a certain percentage? Um, there's, I don't think there is a hard deadline. I think that it really depends on the agency. So the way that it's set up is based on uh, legislation from 2010, where each agency has to make its own telework policy for employees who huh. are eligible for it. So there's not really like a government-wide approach to telework, but it is administered. You know, every agency does have the responsibility to offer telework options for its employees. Okay. So it's not like by July 1, we'll know, okay, this is what everybody's doing. But this is, it, it is happening now that agencies are trying to shape, okay, how are we moving forward? Yeah. You're, you're kind of seeing one by one agencies announcing, okay, on this day, we're going to either reopen doors to the public or have people come back one day per week, then maybe a month later, two days per week, something Uh like that, and just kind of take it day by day, month by month to see, you know, what is working and how can we change to to help employees feel, you know, most productive, I guess. Which may prove, you know, quite consequential as there are a lot of federal workers here in the D.C. region and a lot of other jobs are connected to, you know, federal work. So that could really determine how our region, you know, goes back to the office or stays at home. And- this survey didn't only, you know, just test the waters as far as where people want to work. We also heard from people saying they don't feel like they're being listened to by their leadership. What do they have to say about that? That was a very common response. One of the questions we asked was, is leadership listening to employees' concerns? And a lot of people actually said, you know, yes, they are listening, but they're not really taking action. So that's the second part huh. is maybe mm. they're listening, maybe they're showing their concern with what employees are bringing up, but they're not actually putting that into practice. So that's where some respondents were taking issue with it. Do you feel like this is getting farther away from COVID and more just about 
how we sort of have changed as a society? I mean, I guess my question is, was there any um, question in the survey about do you feel unsafe? Do you feel like, you know, you're at risk? Yeah. Like your agency needs to do more from a health perspective or was it really more about work life balance, commute, that kind of stuff? I think it did start out, you know, earlier in the pandemic, it started out with it's about safety concerns. It's about health and safety. And now it really has transitioned to, look, this has been an opportunity for a test run for two years. Yeah. And now people are feeling like, um, hey, this is actually making me more productive. I'm more satisfied. I have better work-life balance this way. And we did ask, you know, on return to office plans, what are the biggest concerns and listed out a couple of common concerns that people usually tend to cite. The biggest one was the commute, as I said, but COVID-19 safety precautions, that was a major concern as well. So people still are concerned about it, but Mm. it's not, I guess it's in line with some of the other top concerns. Well, in this tight labor market, it sounds like those leaders are going to have to, you know, really listen to their workers. Yeah. Um, But Drew, thanks so much for catching us up on where federal workers stand when asked where they want to work. Thank you so much for having me. And after the break, we hear how this drop in office workers is affecting the economies of our major corridors. And we speak with the owner of a Greek deli off K Street who's struggling. If you want to save money and grow profits on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC or refrigeration project, go with the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. You can trust the experience of its workforce, members who have expertise in heating, air conditioning, refrigeration and process piping to deliver work that's on time and on budget. For a partner you can trust who's mutually focused on your bottom line and to schedule, contact Steamfitters Local 602 at steamfitters-602.org. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like the podcast, head to our show page, give us a rating, and leave a review. We read all of them and use the suggestions to improve this show that we're so proud of. It also helps other listeners find this, our region's only local daily news podcast. Thanks for making us a part of your day. It's clear that we're nowhere near pre-pandemic levels of workers back downtown, but weekday foot traffic around major office corridors is now around 71% of what it was pre-pandemic, higher than you'd think given what we've just learned. That's according to a May report by JLL Commercial Real Estate and WTOP's business reporter Jeff Claybaugh joins us now to parse what that report is really showing us. Jeff, if office buildings aren't seeing the workers come back, then why are areas around office buildings seeing more people? Seems like a simplistic question, but doesn't really make sense. Uh, I think the simple answer is that when we say office corridor, you know, you kind of have to picture that. That's downtown D.C., Roslyn, Boston, Crystal City, Silver Spring, Chevy Chase, Bethesda, Tyson's, Reston. You know, there are three dozen major office corridors in the D.C. area. And if you look around, those buildings aren't all offices. A lot of them are apartment buildings. So people like to live, tend to live in those buildings close to where they work. If you live in Ashburn and you're commuting in, you're obviously not going to go to the coffee shop in Chevy Chase that you always go to. But if you live close by, you you still want coffee, you still want lunch. And so I think that's where JLL was going with that. Well, while people aren't going back to the office, they still have a life to live. Also, foot traffic is probably not a, a hard science. It's not like there are pedestrian monitors at every corner counting. But you can base it on anecdotal stuff like uh, receipts, how many times the register rings, um, and observations by people who are looking. 
So I think the reason that foot traffic is higher than office traffic is simply because people still have to eat, they still want to go out, and they are a lot of them are living in these office corridors. The, the risk is you run into your boss at Starbucks, and your boss wants to know why you're not in the office, but you're in the coffee shop. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And, you know, does Metro have a role to play here? Oh, yes. Foot traffic in office corridors, as you said at the top, is at 71%, but commuting miles, commuting traffic is actually higher than it was before the pandemic. And you don't have to think too far to figure that out. A lot of people commute to and from work on Metro. Many people don't want to commute on Metro right now for well, both pandemic reasons and the fact that you have to stand on the platform for 20 or 30 minutes to uh, take a train. And so there are just more people who are back at the office choosing to get to and from work by uh, driving. And so Metro has certainly impacted how many cars you're seeing on the road right now. Um, Jeff, tell us about the inside out concept that's mentioned in this May report that maybe isn't necessarily focusing on the downtowns, but more on the suburbs, right? Right, exactly. And this also makes sense if you think about it. Um, downtown D.C. is probably hurting more than any place else in the city when it comes to office workers back. And a lot of that is because downtown D.C. is a lot of federal government workers. Uh, a dozen agencies just very recently announced their return to the office plans. And so downtown D.C.'s office occupancy rate is very small. But you go out into the suburbs, and it just JLL pointed out, for example, in Northern Virginia, there are a lot of defense contractors and a, and a lot of consultants. And defense contractors really need to be in their secure location. They need to be on site to do their work. If you go to the Maryland suburbs, there's a lot of life science, uh, research and development, lab space. You, you, you can't really look under a microscope and develop a vaccine in the comfort of your, you know, your bedroom or, or your den. So it all has to do with the kind of employment that is, is further out. And once these government office workers get back uh, in, in full force to the office, JLL believes that will also then trickle down to the private sector because now, if you're a government consultant, you've got someplace to go to see your client as opposed to doing a Zoom meeting. So that's what they mean by outside in. It just hasn't caught up with the district yet. Mm. And is there any indication about, you know, how small businesses are faring now as, you know, the economic relief packages are all but used up at this point? That's true. Um, I think the thing that's on everybody's radar about you know, the PPE loans and struggling small businesses and employment, you kind of default to leisure and hospitality, probably restaurants and bars. So I could address that because bars and restaurants, they got the customers now. They're they're busy in, in some sense, just as much as they were pandemic. They have all sorts of new problems to worry about. Do you, you guys, you guys are going out again, right? Yeah. Yep. One of the controversial things right now is uh, QR code menus. What do you guys think about that? You know, it's sometimes it's frustrating. It depends on how they're laid out, right? Sometimes it's frustrating because you have to like zoom in to read something. But if there's only four things on the menu, it makes it pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been yeah. going to some places where you know you do everything through the QR code. You barely get a server, really. You just like scan the QR code, get the menu, order the food, and then it's just brought out to you. It's a uh... It's a love-hate thing. Uh, customers either really love it or they really hate it. And restaurant owners 
either really love it or they hate it. And oftentimes, restaurant owners and managers are fighting amongst themselves over it because, it, you know, it, you don't have the full staff you used to have, and it just makes things easier for the front of the house. Uh, but myself as a restaurant owner, I want you as the diner to come and have an experience, and that means interacting with somebody who says, hello, my name is Jeff, and I'll be your server this evening. And you don't get that. You don't get that with a QR code, and a lot of customers don't like it. However, like Luke said, or like Luke likes it, a, a lot of customers just love it because it just eliminates one more FaceTime with somebody, and all you all you really want is your food, and you want to pay for it and get out. The other thing that uh, restaurants, bars are struggling with is, of course, well, inflation is crazy. Um, the, their their food input costs are are through the roof. And they can't get employees to come back, um, and turnover is big. So instead of struggling with getting customers to come in, they're struggling with the cost of what they're putting out of the kitchen and getting employees to cook it and serve it and to wash the dishes and to do the books and to manage everything. Right. It's like finding a whole new balance for how you run your business, maybe less in the front end yeah. and more you know, going to food costs. Jeff Claybaugh giving us an idea of how this kind of slow return to work is affecting our local economy and small business. Thanks for your time. Glad to parse that for you. We are downtown at the Greek Deli with Postas Fosqueris. Postieris. You got it. Tell me about what business is like now compared to before the pandemic. Before the coronavirus, I used to have eight people all together here. The line, it was from here to the end street, the line. And so do you need the workers to return to, in order to survive as a business? No question about it. My neighbor in my house, my neighbor, last time he was in Washington, he was working for the government. It was two years ago. He hasn't been back? No. Two years. Yeah. And they say, I don't like it, Acosta. I don't like it. I'm very depressed. I like it to live in my house. I like it to go to, to the office. Right. But if these things, they must come from the government. They must put very hard, very tough roots. Very tough. Guys, Monday is the last day for everybody. <laughs> if you not return to your job, you fire. You know we're here because one of your customers tweeted that you looked sad. She was like, I think Costa's sad yes, today. Absolutely. Why are you sad? I am because... For the whole, for the whole story, for everything, because, you know, I used to, let's we say I used to, let's we say I used to see 100 people there on the line. Mm -hmm. Let's, everything, everything is very, very depressed, how you call it, everything, you see now, look. You're used to seeing more customers and more life. Yeah, more life, more this, blah, 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 phones, you know, screaming, this, that. Uh, hey, 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 I am first. They used to fight. Sometimes they used to fight here. I am first. No, I am, no, you are seeing you, you are there. It was so, 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 so excited. Yeah. And you know, so excited. Well, so thank you for your time. Thank you. And that'll do it for us today. Happy Friday, everybody. And thanks for joining us for the DMV Download, sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate the show if you get the chance. And follow us on social media, where we post content every day from behind the scenes. 
You can also find out more about the show and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a great weekend.